In case you missed it, my 12-week ketogenic video training program for women, Happy Keto Body, is now open for registration, but only for a few days. You can get more details at happyketobody.com. If you've been watching what I've been sharing over the last few weeks, you may already realize just how valuable this opportunity is and that it will only be available for a very short time. This is your chance to finally take the guesswork out of the ketogenic diet and end your frustration to master holistic keto, balance your hormones, lose weight, and feel awesome. When you join Happy Keto Body, you'll get access to the entire 12-week program with over 21 hours of totally new online video modules, access to convenient blood work testing and analysis by a doctor, 12 in-depth special guest interviews, downloadable worksheets, recipes, and meal plans to streamline your keto day every day, plus a supportive community of keto sisters to motivate and encourage you along the path to pure keto joy. And you get a bunch of free guides with your membership, including high-carb to keto food swaps, how to calculate your macros, traveling with keto, unplanning your keto meals, customizing fat intake for optimal weight loss, learning how to eat intuitively, and so much more. In total, you get access to over $200 in free bonuses. When you discover the perfect keto plan for you using Happy Keto Body, it makes all the difference between struggling, feeling frustrated, and falling off the wagon, or overcoming your frustrations and imbalances to finally get the healthy, sexy body you want. All details can be found at happyketobody.com, and I'm super Super excited to see you on the inside. Okay, now on to the podcast. You're listening to episode number 67 of the Keto Diet Podcast. Today we're chatting about how to overcome keto flu, what to look for in a quality bone broth, combining exogenous ketones and bone broth for fat burning awesomeness, and so much more. So stay tuned. Hey, I'm Leanne from healthfulpursuit.com, and this is the Keto Diet Podcast. Keto is a low-carb, high-fat diet where we're switching from a sugar-burning state to becoming fat-burning machines. Starting keto and maintaining it long-term can be quite a challenge if you don't feel supported. My 60-day program, The Keto Bundle, provides you with clear step-by-step how-to on successfully adapting to a ketogenic diet, avoiding common ketogenic struggles, and healing your body completely and fully with a ketogenic diet. Go to healthfulpursuit.com slash bundle and use the coupon code podcast, all in caps, no spaces, to get 10% off your order, exclusive for podcast listeners only. Now, let's get this party started. Hey guys, happy Sunday and happy 2018. The show notes and full transcript for today's episode can be found at healthfulpursuit.com slash podcast slash E67. We add the transcript to the post about three to five days following the initial air date of this episode. So stay tuned for that. Let's hear from one of our awesome partners. The show is partnered up with Paleo Valley, the makers of the only 100% grass-fed and finished fermented beef stick. Each stick contains 1 billion probiotic CFUs, and we all know how important fermented foods are to the health of our gut and the strength of our immune system, as well as boosting overall energy. Chowing down on Paleo Valley's fermented beef sticks provides your body with all of the beneficial bacteria it loves in one convenient little stick. 
Their gut-friendly sticks are gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, GMO-free, freaky chemical, additive dye, and preservative-free, as well as being 100% free from carbs and sugar, and made with the highest quality ingredients. Exclusive to listeners of the show, you can receive an instant savings of 20% off Paleo Valley fermented beef stick snacks by going to paleovalley.com slash keto. And if your jaw is tired just thinking about beef jerky, I gotta tell you that these tasty treats are not tough at all, but more with a little snap. Again, that's paleovalley.com slash keto for an instant 20% off savings. And if you're unsure of the link, simply check out the show notes of today's episode to get all of the details. Okay, we got two announcements today. The first is that last time we interviewed a owner of one of the supplements that we promote on the podcast, you guys asked for a disclaimer at the beginning of the podcast and we didn't have one. So this is your disclaimer. Today, I will be interviewing uh, one of the owners of Kettle and Fire, who is one of the partners on the podcast. If we have met in person or you've been following Healthful Pursuit for quite some time, maybe you came on the book tour, we hugged it out, we chatted about products, you know how passionate I am about promoting the right products and aligning Healthful Pursuit and the podcast and everything we do with the right type of people. And it's one thing to find a really good product that you love, but it's a whole other thing to find a product that you love with a crew of people behind it that are just totally rad. And all of the partners that I share on the podcast, I have a relationship with these people and these crews of people making this happen. And we align on so many different points. And I want to have them on the show because they have so much to share outside of their product or what they're selling. It's just that they're really cool people. And I think that you would learn from them and new things. So this is your disclaimer that one of the owners of Kettle and Fire is the person that I'm interviewing and they are also a podcast partner, but everything that I share is like legit how I feel. Otherwise I wouldn't have them on the show because that would be ridiculous. The second announcement is that we're going to be talking about keto flu and how to know that you're fat adapted. So Check out the show notes today where I link out to two different videos that I've made in the past. The first is five easy steps to beat keto flu. And the other one is signs to know that you're fat adapted. So if you're curious about what we're talking about and how to know and how to overcome this, definitely check out those two resources. So our guest today is Justin, and Nick couldn't be with us today, but Justin and Nick Mayers are two brothers who are passionate about health. In 2013, Nick experienced a knee injury, and Justin, like a good brother, started looking for ways to help his recovery process. As the brothers learned more about the nutrients of bone broth, collagen, amino acids, and other awesome things, they also found out that there were no really good products on the market. The only bone broths that were available were either frozen, powdered, or made with unhealthy ingredients. Through trial and error, Justin and Nick pursued their dream of developing a better bone broth and Kettle and Fire, the first shelf-stable, long-simmered commercial bone broth from grass-fed sources was born. So today, Justin and I are going to be focusing a lot on the benefits of bone broth. But before we get started with the show, I wanted to answer some of your questions about going from ketosis, how fat adapts works, my personal experience with these things, um, because I'm guessing because it's January, some of you guys are new to the podcast. 
and you may not understand all the concepts and you need somebody to walk you through and I would love to be that person. So the first question we had from our community was the fat adaption process versus actual ketosis. So the question is, what's the difference between fat adaption and ketosis? So the way I see it, and it'll be different depending on who you ask, is that ketosis is the end state. So ketosis and the state of being ketogenic is where we want to get to. The process of getting to ketosis is the fat adaption stage. So we are trying to become fat adapted, which means that we can burn fat as energy quite easily. It's really easy for our body. And so the fat adaption process is getting there. And the end result is that we are fat adapted and in a state of ketosis. Now, here's where things get a little bit complicated or just bear with me. So we can be fat adapted, but eat carbohydrates. And that's where my carb up practice takes into effect. So if you've been eating ketogenic, you are fat adapted, you're eating keto, life is good, you have some carbs. And that moment that you have carbs, you're still fat adapted, your body still knows how to burn fat but you're eating carbs. So you ate the carbs, then you get back slowly into fat burning mode. You're still fat adapted throughout that entire experience until you get back into ketosis. Now that process should take about 24 hours. So we're not talking about days of keto flu and craziness, but that's kind of how I see the difference. And the next question is, is it possible to become fat adapted if someone is having trouble getting into and staying into ketosis? It is definitely possible. There are many, many people that I've met and worked with one-on-one where their bodies metabolically just aren't able to get in a deep state of ketosis. Now that can be supplemented, you know, if you find like you do better with ketones in your body and you feel better that way, you can use something like an exogenous ketone product. My personal favorite is Perfect Keto. I will not share anything else because I just don't see the value in those items. But with ketosis, yes, of course, you don't necessarily need to be in a deep, deep state of ketosis to become fat adapted. If you have uh, my program Fat Fueled, which is in my larger program, the Keto Bundle, it chats all about the daily fat burner fat fueled profile and how you can eat keto all day, have a touch of carbs at night and still become fat adapted. Like I was just saying, The process of becoming fat adapted is a process, but once we get there, we become a lot more metabolically efficient to be able to handle different fuels. And the next question is, why is it important to get out of keto flu? So in today's recording, we're going to be chatting about keto flu, what keto flu is, how to overcome it. But why is it important to get out of keto flu? I don't know if it's necessarily important. You could definitely stay in keto flu if you want to deal with like muscle spasms and cramps and headaches and dehydration and probably mood fluctuations if it goes long enough. I mean... I don't really want to stay in that state. I don't know if you do. Maybe that's motivating or something, but you probably want to get out of keto flu because it feels like garbage when you're in it. That would be my answer. The next question is, how does someone become fat adapted? What are the actionable steps? You really like in order to do it as quickly as possible, you probably just want to eat keto and if you want to eat keto, you're in the right place. Listen to some of my podcasts, read some of the blog posts I've put out there. There's over 1500 of them. Follow some of the recipes I have on healthfulpursuit.com forward slash recipes and you'll be set. Is ketosis required? Are we required to always be in ketosis? The answer is no. Unless you have a health condition where you need to have ketones running through your body constantly, 
no, you don't need to be in ketosis constantly. As we'll learn from our guest today, he actually dips in and out of ketosis for months. So we'll eat keto for a couple of months and then eat paleo for a couple of months. So there are many different ways to do it. I find that I do best with jumping out of ketosis maybe once every two weeks by just having a carb up and then jumping back into ketosis the next day, but it's not required. What are the benefits of being fat adapted? Oh my gosh, so many benefits. Um, Some of them can include uh, mood stability, blood sugar stability, hormone regulation, appetite suppressing, and just regulating. Once you're fat adapted, what happens is you're now in the state where your body can burn fat as fuel, and that in and of itself is a huge benefit. So you're being satiated by fat, you're not being controlled by cravings of carbohydrates. So those are some of the benefits. What does it feel like to to be fat adapted? And how does this differ from the feeling you get in ketosis? I think that there, you know, a lot of these questions that I get are so meticulous, and I don't think it needs to be that way. You could go a little bit crazy trying to figure out, am I fat adapted? Am I in ketosis? If you're wondering what it feels like to be fat adapted, definitely check out the video in the show notes of signs that you're fat adapted. And how is it different than being in ketosis? It's kind of, it's neither here nor there, really. You can be in a state of ketosis and not fully be fat adapted yet because your body hasn't caught up. And so that can take anywhere between five days to 14 days really in the average person to like become fat adapted. Fat adapted I see as a metabolic state of awesomeness where you can burn any fuel really efficiently. Whereas ketosis, I mean, you could get into a state of ketosis artificially by eating a ton of exogenous ketones, but your body's not fat adapted, if that makes sense. Next and last question is, if somebody is feeling sluggish on keto, what does that mean and how can they boost their energy levels? Again, you've come to the right place because today's episode, we're going to be chatting all about the electrolyte balancing effect of bone broth and how to use electrolytes to your benefit so that you don't feel sluggish on keto. Keto flu is a real thing. It totally sucks. I I wouldn't wish it upon anyone. And if we are balancing out our electrolytes while we're getting started with the keto diet, and even now, if I don't check my electrolytes, even after eating keto for three and a half years, I find that I can get a little case of keto flu. So just always being mindful of your electrolytes. If you're feeling sluggish, make sure that you are eating enough salt. Bone broth is a really great option. We talk about a lot of other options in today's episode. One thing that Justin mentioned in today's episode that I wanted to clarify is that just because, and this is something I've just recently learned, just because you put a bone broth in the fridge and it doesn't turn gelatinous doesn't mean that it doesn't have health properties. There's actually been a couple of studies that have come out recently and a little bit of work that's being done on this that may point to the fact that the gelatinous component of a broth may not dictate whether or not it's good or not. This is made completely true. If you have an instant pot and you have boiled those bones for like 24 hours or even less, even four hours will do it. And then you put the bone broth in a container and you put it in the fridge and it doesn't turn gelatinous. And you're like, what the heck? It could just be because it's been heated in a way or there's different types of bones and components that hasn't pulled out the gelatin of those bones because they didn't have a lot, but it will still have the collagen. So just be mindful of that. 
A really, really great way though to determine whether or not a bone broth, like a store-bought bone broth is good is usually to put it in the fridge. But I have had a couple of bone broths, like for example, the Broya bone broths that we were chatting about last month for Canadian listeners. Great bone broth product won't turn as gelatinous in the fridge as say a kettle and fire bone broth. But having chatted with them and talked about their process, it's just a different process and creates a different product. So I will leave up all that up to you. But without further ado, let's cut over to this interview. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program. Hey, Justin, how's it going today? Doing fantastically. How are you? I'm super awesome. For listeners that may not be familiar with your work, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I'm the founder of Kettle and Fire. Kettle and Fire is the first shelf-stable bone broth company that uses all organic ingredients and 100% bones from 100% grass-fed, grass-finished cattle. How did you get into that? It's a great question. <laughs> so I used to work in tech. Uh, I had another company in the software space. And so we were selling software to software developers. So kind of like a meta tech software startup. And after we got acquired, I realized, I, I did with kind of some life reflection, realized that I honestly did not care at all about selling software to software developers. And so kind of did a, kind of looked at my life and decided, you know, what do I actually care about? Health and wellness has always been something I've been very into. And so as I was hanging out with CrossFit buddies and learning more about gut health and the kind of gut brain connection, I wanted to start incorporating more bone broth into my diet. And then as I looked around, no one was making a quality bone broth. And so that's when my brother and I decided to start Kettle and Fire. Wow. So to go from like tech to cooking bone broth. That's amazing. When did you start <laughs> Very your different company? and very, very not as sexy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So true. When did you start Kettle and Fire? We started in August of 2015. So we're just over two years old. Amazing. Um, entrepreneur to entrepreneur. It's really difficult to do what you're doing. So yeah. well done. <laughs> I'm sure you <laughs> know <you>. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just glad that the whole bone broth thing is sort of catching on. There was a, a large chunk of time where my mom had no idea what I was doing. Like people I would meet had no idea what bone broth was. It was just a, a lonely journey, <laughs> but it's getting better. Yeah. I remember when I first started blogging, my parents didn't understand it. When I quit my job, my mom was like <laughs> terrified for me. She's like, this is not a good plan. Like you went to school, you need to be, uh, you know, at a workplace. Oh um, yeah. And when I started keto, everything, everyone thought I was crazy. But then I went to a show probably about a year ago and I said, oh, you know, I'm eating keto, low carb. And I didn't even finish the whole elevator pitch of what keto was and people were like oh yeah keto so that's how you know like okay things are looking up <laughs> yep yep it takes time i heard my first stranger talking about bone broth on the street like just a couple months ago and i was like all right we're getting there like, yes. people are actually gonna know what i'm doing we're on the way <laughs> yeah that's so good and for something like bone broth that's such a healing amazing piece to the diet that so many of us just, I don't know. I know I knew about bone broth for quite some time, but it's like the effort that it takes to make it. 
Yeah. And find it and all of those things. So that's why I really enjoy you guys. Cause like we were saying before the recording, now that we're living full time in the RV, as much as I would love to make my own bone broth, that's just not a thing. I don't have the space. Yeah. I don't have the time. And I also don't have the energy, like not physical <laughs> energy, but like power to fuel my instant pot for that long that it takes yeah. to make a good <laughs> bone broth. So totally. And I also imagine your, your husband would not love the scent of meat bones is kind of cooking for 24 hours in a very small enclosed space. Uh-huh. It, it's not the most pleasant. <laughs> it's really not. More on my interview with Justin Mayers after this message from one of our podcast partners. By now, you probably know that bone broth is a mega superfood in the keto and paleo communities. Everyone is making it and cashing in on the benefits that collagen and gelatin provide. You know, the reduction in inflammation, better digestion, improved immunity, reduction in wrinkles, beautiful skin quality, etc. But making bone broth takes time. Kettle and Fire make bone broth that's non-perishable so that it can be shipped all over the U.S. without refrigeration, which makes shipping less expensive, and you don't have to spend 20-plus hours that are required to make really good homemade bone broth. Listeners of the podcast receive 20% off Kettle and Fire chicken bone broth when you go to kettleandfire.com slash keto podcast to place your order. Unsure of the link? Simply check it out in the show notes of today's episode to get all the details. So why don't we start off first off, because we wanted to focus really on fast tracking, fat burning, and how bone broth and electrolytes and even overcoming keto flu can help with that. So why don't we start off by chatting about like, what keto flu is and also do you eat keto yourself yeah so i I do cyclical keto uh, and so i generally will eat uh, keto for call it two to three months and then cycle back into a a paleo diet and then back on the keto now that that, how long are you paleo for until you cycle back uh so generally call it three to four months wow okay i've never met anyone that does this I have yeah. so many questions for you. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to chat. <laughs> um, okay, so do you experience keto flu when you go from eating paleo for those couple of months to then going back to keto? And what's that like? Not really, to be totally honest. I mean, I, I think that there's a couple of days of maybe some slight sluggishness, but it's not a very serious thing. Like I've been eating paleo probably, I would say mostly paleo since I was 22 or so. And so as part of that, it's just, I would say that I'm pretty fat adapted at this point. And I eat a a very, very clean diet, even when I'm not on keto. And so I find it pretty easy actually to get back into ketosis. But this is also not the first time that I've done it, right? Like it keto flu is worse the first time, Mm -hmm. and then it gets progressively easier every time you cycle back in, unfortunately, for everyone who's starting keto for the first time. (laughs) So what was your first time keto flu like, if you can remember? Yeah, it was not great. (laughs) So the the first time I did it, actually, I decided to do an extended fast. So I hopped in and did a three-day fast. And that was pretty tough, because I think that that was the first time. So I went from eating. I was actually not eating while that was one of the the times that I was definitely not being paleo compliant for about a month. And so I went from eating relatively poorly compared to my standards to doing a fast and then going into keto. And that was pretty rough, like very low energy levels, uh, had some headaches, you know, was just feeling kind of 
blech all the time. <laughs> and, and that lasted for about, so I got better on day three of the fast. And then when I started eating keto after that, I had another probably two to three days of just not feeling great. Were there any things that you did in those moments to kind of overcome it? Or um, like me, I didn't, when I started keto, nobody had really talked about keto flu and that this was a thing. So I started eating <laughs> keto and then felt like garbage and was like, what's wrong with me? Um, were yeah. you kind of in that camp of like, I don't know what's happening. I'll just kind of push through it. Yeah, I, I basically just decided, okay, I'm going to give this two weeks and see what happens. Like it probably won't kill me in that time. It might suck for a little bit. And let's just see how it goes. And so thankfully, it got far better after about a week. And I was like, Oh, this is actually pretty cool. And I'm seeing the benefits that people are talking about. And, you know, my, my blood markers are really good, all of that. And so that that was a really good experience for me. But yeah, to get out of keto flu, I wish I had been more intentional about it. I just kind of accepted that, that it was not ideal. And then tried to have some bone broth and, and drink a lot of tea, which I don't know the tea helped that that much. <laughs> if it had salt in it, then yes. <laughs> yeah, the tea definitely did not. <laughs> Bummer. Um, so those listening, if you are just starting with keto and you're not really sure what's happening, it's been like four days and you're not feeling so great, that could be a form of keto flu. And I experienced it uh, when I first got started. Like I said, I had no idea what was going on. So it actually lasted a couple of weeks until I really had to Google back then in the day. Like in 2014, there wasn't a lot of information about keto out there. You couldn't just Google, why do I not feel good on a keto diet? And it would come out, out, out with anything. So really, really dug deep, tried to figure it out and learned that it's usually because your electrolytes are off. And by balancing out electrolytes, you can usually get over your keto flu pretty easily. In very, very rare cases, sometimes it takes a little bit more to get through the keto flu. In fact, on my first book tour, I met with a lady in Austin, and she said that she experienced keto flu for six solid weeks. And she did the wow. electrolyte thing. She did everything. And the only thing that helped with it was exogenous ketones. And that's how I started researching exogenous ketones, finding out that a lot of people were experiencing the same things. So if you find like you are um, in keto flu for weeks and weeks, and it's not improving, you may have to go down that road. But usually, it's just a matter of bumping up your electrolytes. So these are things like in whole food forms, bone broth, which is a big one, because not only um, does bone broth have the electrolytes, but it also is a great carrier to deliver even more. So sometimes I'll add like a lot of salt to the bone broth and maybe blend it with co some coconut oil or even some bacon grease. That's the best mm. bacon grease with bone broth. Is I haven't tried that. Oh, what? Okay, you have to, you have to <laughs> blend it up with bacon grease and a little bit of salt. Oh my gosh, it's probably my favorite thing, especially with your um, chicken and mushroom one yeah. it's just it is amazing um, oh that sounds amazing try it you heard it here first. Um, and by doing, you know, by focusing on more of the electrolyte boosting things like dark chocolate, leafy greens, avocado, and just really focusing on your salt intake, it's usually enough to get over the hump or not even experience keto flu when you first get started. So why don't we chat a little bit about bone broth, electrolytes? How does bone broth have electrolytes and why is it good to use it to boost our electrolytes? Sure. Yeah. So, so as you were saying, you know, keto flu, just it's it's often a, a case where you can fix that by adding in more electrolytes. And so bone broth contains sodium, potassium, and a lot of the electrolytes that your body needs 
to kind of address the, the symptoms of keto flu that you mentioned. And so bone broth has those because it basically, for, for those who don't know what bone broth is, so bone broth is made by taking super high quality bones and then cooking them down over an extended cook period. We use 20 plus hours for our beef bone broth, 10 plus for our chicken bone broth. And basically as these bones break down as the marrow seeps into the broth, as some of the connective tissue that's on the bones break down and seeps into the broth, you get a lot of the sodium, potassium, and other minerals that actually makes up the bones that gets into the broth and then gets into your body after you drink bone broth. And so getting those electrolytes and those kind of basic minerals and basic nutrients into your system are what can really help and have certainly helped a lot of people that we've talked to get over keto flu or, or just feel better in a pretty rapid form. It's, I've been really blown away by some of the customer stories that we've seen who've been uh, supplementing with our bone broth. That's awesome. And something that I, the question that I get a lot is why wouldn't I just take an electrolyte powder? Do you want to cover that one? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, it's look, if, if that's the only option that you have, then that's fine. I just tend to subscribe to the theory that whole food sources of nutrition are always the best options from bioavailability standpoint, from a lot of dimensions. And the second piece is that if you're trying to get over keto flu, you know, one of the contributing factors to keto flu is the transition that your gut bacteria are going through as they go from becoming glucose adapted to fat adapted. And so another thing that bone broth helps with is kind of giving the gut the building blocks, collagen, gelatin, amino acids, things like this, that the, your gut fauna and need to rebuild and, and you know promote a healthy, thriving, fat-adapted gut bacteria colony. Mm. And so it, it helps in multiple ways outside of just the straight-up electrolytes. Like I, I think that one of the issues I see a lot of times is people will say people take a very like reduct like a reductionist view of nutrition where they go, oh, so I need fat. And so they then say, okay, I'm going to throw as much fat into my diet as I can. And they ignore the quality, the type, you know, all of these different things. And I think that that reductionist view of nutrition is what's gotten us into a lot of issues uh, in the past with food pyramids and, you know, treating all, all sources of carbohydrates or fats or proteins like they're the same. It just doesn't make sense to me. And so I always think quality is a really important dimension that oftentimes people will ignore when they're starting a new diet, going paleo, going keto, whatever it is. Yeah, completely. I totally agree with you. And and with something, you know, I see in my practice as well is people will be told, you know, I need potassium. So instead of focusing on like potassium rich foods, they just take a supplement and they're like, good. But yeah. <laughs> if they would just look at like a whole food based approach to that and a more holistic approach, finding something, for example, like bone broth that has it in there while also delivering a bunch of other things, you're kind of killing maybe 50 birds with one stone. <laughs> as opposed to constantly taking supplements. And that's something that I've been massively guilty about. If, if anyone's been following me for a while, you know that at, at one point, I can't remember the number, I think it was over 50 individual supplements that I was taking on a daily basis. <laughs> like <laughs> I needed like, you know, those travel containers where you put your supplements in, I needed two whole travel containers to hold one, like one strip of day. Wow. For me. Like it was just 
insane. So going if, through the TSA must have been a total nightmare for you. You know what? It wasn't. It never was. They just probably really? thought I was a really sick individual. <laughs> like, it's like this girl needs all of these supplements. Um, taking a look at your supplementation regime even and kind of trying to figure out if there are whole food based approaches to that so you can remove some supplements. I'll be the first one to say that, you know, the quality of our food is nowhere near the place where our body needs. So supplementation is required in some places like a really good probiotic and a really good multivitamin, but all these individual things that people are taking. That's why I have gotten so big into bone broth lately is because it delivers so many of those things that I was taking in supplemental form. And even to add variety to your collagen intake, like a lot of our listeners supplement with collagen. And sometimes it can get boring always putting collagen in your coffee or tea, or I put them in my fat bombs, but just having that form of collagen in another way that's more of a savory thing than a sweet thing. Because I find when you add collagen to stuff, it's always sweet, at least for me. Yeah, completely. And you know, just to clarify, I'm definitely not against supplementation. I think it makes a lot of sense for people. I'm just wary of everyone of the kind of view that, oh, I need this specific nutrient in my diet and it will fix everything. And the best way for me to get the most of it is via a supplement. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that that approach has just failed and leads to a lot of people bouncing around and trying a bunch of different supplements and things and not really seeing any results. And then they give up or quit or whatever. And, you know, they've missed out on a, a chance to improve their lives and improve their health. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. And something I also see that we're all, many of us are missing the mark, and I've done this as well, of thinking, okay, so bone broth, this sounds cool. I can do this. And they go to the grocery store and they go to the soup aisle and they just grab a bone broth or a stock thing and think that it's the same quality. And I've done this with so many things over the years. Like um, another example is, you know, you go to Whole Foods and you're like, okay, I'm going to remove conventionally raised meat. And you go up to the meat counter and you're like, organic chicken breast, that's what I need. But I mean, all you're really doing is paying for the word organic and it could still be raised not the way that you want it. It's not free range. Um, if you're looking at grass-fed, grass-finished beef, that's going to be a lot better than organic beef. Like that to me means nothing, but you're paying a, a lot more money for these products that aren't actually any better than the conventional stuff. So I'm sure that there's a lot of stuff too with bone broth where there's the good and the bad and the totally ugly. Can we talk about the differences of bone broth and what we're looking for in quality? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the most popular bone broths that you've probably seen, and I've talked to a lot of people that have made this mistake, is the the Pacific bone broth, for example, that you'll probably see on the shelf. And so they are just an example of one of the many companies that are claiming that they have a bone broth, and yet they don't use real bones in their product. Like you can take a look at their ingredient statement, bones are not on there. And that is because they'll instead they're, they're trying to ride the bone broth trend while not creating a product that actually lives up to the bone broth promise. And so what a lot of companies will do is they will use a bone paste. And so they basically grind up a bunch of bones, you know, have no connective tissue, no marrow in them, effectively nothing of nutrient value, grind it up, uh, mix it with water, add some flavoring or maltodextrin or some of these other ingredients to to give it some sort of color and maybe a tiny bit of body and then sell it as a bone broth. Now that is very different than taking bones from, you know, grass-fed, grass-finished pasture cattle 
uh, that have been cooked down for 24 hours with ing organic ingredients, which is the way we make our stuff. And one easy way to tell a bone broth quality is when you pop it in the fridge, if you leave it in there for 10 to 12 hours, the bone broth should firm up a little and just thicken and become you know, much more firm, much less like the consistency of water that it was when you put it in there. And that is due to the high amounts of gelatin, collagen in the actual broth itself. And, and those proteins form up and bind together when exposed to cold temperatures for a long period of time. And that is just something that you don't see with a lot of the other commercially produced products that are, that are calling themselves bone broth out there. You know, and that, that's why actually I started Kettle and Fire is because I wanted to buy a bone broth. I bought all of these other options and got them tested for collagen, gelatin-like, and there was effectively nothing in there. Very, very few nutrient benefits and just none of the good stuff that I was actually looking for. So it sounds like if we are at the grocery store and we're looking for a bone broth, making sure that the bone broth, like if we flip over the package and we're looking at the ingredients and it says bones, win. Yes. <laughs> That's a big one. <laughs> if it says maltodextrin, probably not a win. Yep. Now, exactly. now does grass fed grass finished bones matter? Does that, do we care about that? Oh yeah. So it definitely matters. I mean, it, in some ways it is one of the most important aspects to consider when choosing a beef bone broth. And that is because, you know, people people look at grass-fed, grass-finished meat and say, okay, that's better than conventionally raised meat. Well, that's often due to the lack of toxin load, omega-3 versus omega-6 ratios are much better. With bone broth, what you're doing is the connective tissue and the marrow of these animals are where a lot of the toxins end up. If So if an animal eats a super conventional diet full of a bunch of toxins or unhealthy things, then oftentimes, and you see this with humans too, those toxins, those, those, uh, you know, impurities end up in the fats and the marrow of the creature. That's just where a lot of these things kind of make their way to. And so if you are getting a bone broth that's made from cattle that have not been grass fed, grass finished, or not raised organically, then you're taking a chance that you're going to be adding a lot of these impurities and a lot of these toxins into your system while trying to do something healthy for you, which is just not ideal. <laughs> mm -hmm, completely. And what about um, the differences between stock and bone broth? What is the difference there? Yeah. So this is a, this is a hard one. So most people would say, oh, you know, bone broth is just stock. And if they are talking about homemade stock or what a lot of chefs will refer to as stock, they're actually correct. The issue, though, is that a lot of commercially available stocks, pretty much anything you can buy at the grocery store, doesn't actually use bones and doesn't use long cook times. So instead, the average broth or stock at the grocery store will use really poor quality cuts of meat, poor cuts of, uh, you know, poor bone quality, and throw it in a pressure cooker, cook it for two to four hours, maybe add some artificial flavoring or coloring, and then call it a broth or a stock. That's why these broth or stocks generally have very little flavor, very little richness, and definitely do not gel when you put them in the fridge. So that's kind of the big difference is if you're looking at a broth or a stock versus a bone broth from a commercial standpoint, a broth or a stock won't use bones, bone broth will. They'll have much shorter cook times than a real bone broth, and they definitely won't use grass-fed or any sort of apple cider vinegar or acid that will help the bones break down 
to make the broth as nutrient dense as possible. Mm, yeah, when I was making my own bone broth, if I forgot apple cider vinegar before I closed the lid, I could always tell like the bones just wouldn't yeah. be as broken down. <laughs> and oh, I was always so angry when that would happen. It's like, shoot, I just dealt with the smell and all the things. And I forgot to add apple cider vinegar. So yep. that's really important to add to your bone broth. Completely. More on my interview with Justin Mayers after this message from one of our podcast partners. I love being Canadian, the home of the true North strong and free, but gosh, am I jealous that y'all in the US get access to Thrive Market. For all of my pals south of the border, my friends at Thrive Market are offering you $20 off your first three boxes of groceries, plus free shipping and a 30 day free trial. That's a total of $60 in savings, equivalent of over three tubs of collagen or over four free pounds of cacao butter, or get this, a half year's supply of free digestive enzymes, all for switching to Thrive Market for your online grocery needs. So on top of their everyday wholesale prices, the extra $60 off your first three orders plus free shipping, you're going to transform a regular $100 grocery run into an $80 Thrive Market order for three months in a row for the same amount of things. Go to thrivemarket.com slash keto to get your instant $60 off free shipping and a free 30-day membership. This offer is available to new Thrive Market customers only. And if you're unsure of the link, simply check out the show notes for today's episode to get all the details. So we, you know, keeping focused on fast tracking, fat burning, and how people can use bone broth to really optimize their ability to become fat burning machines. Have you played around with exogenous ketones yourself? And do you feel like bone broth and exogenous ketones go really well together in boosting fat burning? Thoughts? Yeah, yeah. So let me caveat this by saying that I have not had fat burning as a goal for several years now. And so this is not something I've been focused on. But that said, I have used exogenous ketones. Uh, I actually really like the brand that you recommend. Uh, I think Perfect Keto. Yep. And yep. So I really like their stuff. And so I've used exogenous ketones and bone broth to skip the keto flu and also to kind of ramp up my metabolism in general and help me switch into a fat adapted state much faster. So when I'm getting back into keto or, you know, have, have been eating poorly for a, you know, a stint of time, which I wish I could say never happens. It's definitely happened. <laughs> you know, so I will definitely use the two in combination to ramp my system and, and get it back into a fat adapted mode much, much faster. Amazing. I do the same. I, I like the two. They work really, really well together. And it can be really helpful too. I've seen a lot of people, if they are doing longer term fasting, it's not something I'm ready to play around with just with my hormones just yet. Um, but people that are doing maybe 24, 48, even longer fasting using bone broth with exogenous ketones throughout that experience, I've seen a yeah. lot of success here there. So that can be fun to kind of play around with as well. Yeah. So I did a fast earlier this year that was just bone broth. So it was two cups of bone broth a day a scoop of coconut oil, and then uh, exogenous ketones on on days one and two, and then a BCAA supplement, and did that for about three and a half days. And it was way easier than straight water fasts that I've done in the past. And and, for the most part, I felt great, and I experienced no muscle mass loss. And, you know, definitely, uh, I, I don't have a lot of weight to lose, but I definitely got much more 
cut and, you know, lost some, some weight that was kind of hanging around. <laughs> Amazing. Love it. So you have a lot of passionate people that follow Kettle and Fire, and I'm sure you guys get a lot of great testimonials. I'd love to kind of pick your brain of the sorts of things that you've heard from your customers. My first question or our community's first question is sleep on keto. Have you found that bone broth or as somebody said that drinking bone broth helps my sleep? Have you noticed that at all? Yeah. So we have a bunch of customers, you know, and I've seen the same thing, but there are some studies that show glycine, which is amino acid present in bone broth and gelatin are both really helpful as far as basically regulating your hormone system, uh, improving your gut bacteria and making it easier and improving the quality of your sleep. So that's really cool. We see a lot of customers with, uh, who have had gut or joint health issues who start adding bone broth for their their lives and their way of eating, and they see pretty drastic improvements in terms of their, you know, pain goes down, inflammation levels go down, their digestive capacity and the way that they feel on a daily basis goes up, you know, and all of this, I think, at least my theory is that even if you look at someone that eats paleo, keto, uh, you know, either one of those that eats a pretty healthy diet, oftentimes what people are missing from their diets are a lot of the amino acids and proteins that are found in bone broth, found in organ meats, found in bone marrow, but that people are just not consuming on a regular basis. And so I find that adding bone broth to your diet or you know, adding collagen, whatever it is, it's one of the highest leverage things that many people can do for their health just because they are not getting these nutrients in their diet in any way, shape, or form if you're eating anything close to the, the standard American or Canadian diet. Or if you're vegan. Just yes. putting it out there. I'm just putting it out there that yes. if I were to go back to eating vegan, which I don't even know, you'd have to pay me like a bazillion <laughs> trillion gazillion dollars. But I really feel like regardless if you're vegan or not, you should probably eat bone broth. Like, And I know it's quote unquote not vegan, but vegan is just a word just like keto. You make it your own. But I mean, the vegan diet is completely devoid of the nutrients in bone broth completely <laughs> like exactly it doesn't and, exist and we have some vegetarian and uh, i don't know if, we, if any self-identified vegans can email me yet but we definitely have some vegetarians and people who have gone vegetarian or vegan for moral reasons who say that they're okay with eating bone broth because you know no animal is basically killed to make a bone broth like in all cases we are taking a bones which were traditionally a waste product and, and are thrown away by a lot of the, the grass-fed farms that, that we work with, we're just buying those and then turning that into a source of nutrition. And so if you're a vegan or vegetarian for moral reasons, bone broth is actually something that makes a lot of sense you know, and gives you the health benefits without the, the kind of moral problems that some individuals see you with with it's the like meat upcycling. industry and eating animals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're taking a waste product and making it awesome. Exactly. Although I don't love describing it like that, just because it's a waste product. Like, this is our waste product. But if you're like sexy. really into like saving the environment and things like that, it might be a really big deal for you. You never totally. know. <laughs> yeah, not a waste product. I take that back. Um, okay, so you mentioned a couple of things about the gut, and I've seen personally it can be really helpful for leaky gut, people with food intolerances, anyone that has been told that they are high oxalate it can help with that. If you've been told that you need to remove lectins from your diet because your gut is reacting, it can help with that. So let's chat a little bit about 
how to use bone broth because I know that when I first said, okay, I'm going to have more bone broth in my life, I felt like if I didn't have a mug of bone broth in the morning that I couldn't really incorporate it any other way. And when I realized that I could start cooking with it or adding it to certain things, it became a lot easier. What's your favorite way to incorporate bone broth into your day? Yeah. So I like to drink a, a mug or two of it in the afternoon. Uh, generally, I'll do two things with it. I'll either blend in some ghee, although I now have to try the bacon grease. Bacon grease. <laughs> uh, so I, I blend in ghee or I have lately been adding uh, some olive oil and uh, some lemon juice to our mushroom chicken bone broth and having a mug of that in the afternoon. And it's just incredible, like such a good reset point for me. And so I'll generally do that, uh, do a mug in the afternoon and then uh, probably three to four times a week, mostly on days that I've worked out. I will have a cup in the evening, uh, generally an hour or two before going to bed. Amazing. And if anyone is listening and you want to go a little crazy, you could also add like turmeric, ginger, garlic, like some healing spices if you're focused on that. I've been really digging like cooking with it, making a lot of soups. Now that we're in the desert, yeah. though, it's really it's really hot here. So making soup is just not <laughs> ideal. But And even drinking bone broth, anyone that is, you know, living in a hotter climate where heating up a thing of bone broth and drinking it is just out of the question. Or I've met a lot of people that don't actually like hot drinks. I didn't know that was a thing, but these humans exist. So cooking with bone broth can be really helpful. Um, some of my favorites is like cauliflower rice cooked with bone broth and then adding some sort of shredded meat or ground meat. If you are making any sorts of like sauces, like any tomato based sauces or things like that, I've been adding that or even gravy. I've been cooking a lot of meats in my instant pot because it's really the only tool that I have now. Um, and when the meat gets all brown and perfect, like kind of crunchy. I take out the meat, I put in the bone broth, whisk it around, add just a touch of um, arrowroot powder, just a little bit to thicken it. And then I have gravy and hey, awesome and so easy. So those can be some ways if you're a little bit concerned of just drinking bone broth. Um, yeah, that sounds incredible. And you guys have put together a pretty sweet coupon code offer for Healthful Pursuit and podcast listeners. I think it's like 20% off if you go to kettleandfire.com slash keto podcast. So everyone should definitely take advantage of that like now because that's an awesome discount on Kettle and Fire. <laughs> So thanks so much for putting that together, Justin. And yeah, thanks for coming on the show today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. And where can people find more from you? Yeah, so they can check us out, kettleandfire.com, K-E-T-T-L-E-A-N-D-F-I-R-E.com. Or, you know, we're on Instagram at Kettle and Fire. Uh, would love to hear from anyone that got something from this podcast. Cool. And the full transcript and show notes for today's episode can be found at healthfulpursuit.com slash podcast slash E67. The transcript is added to the post about three to five days following the initial air date of this episode. And thanks again for coming on the show today, Justin. I hope that we shared a lot of information that people didn't know before and that you guys are able to use bone broth in a way that feels right for you. And it's just better to know that these things exist so you can make choices for yourself. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. 
And that does it for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. Thanks for listening in. You can follow me on Instagram by searching Healthful Pursuit, where you'll find daily keto eats and other fun things. And check out all of my keto supportive programs, bundles, guides, and other cool things over at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash shop. And I'll see you next Sunday. Bye.